Welcome footy fans from the four corners of the globe to this week's edition of the PS Football Premier League Prediction Podcast where each week we make it our mission to mark your card with all the tips, team news, forecasts and predictions for the forthcoming round of Premier League games. With me today are our regular pundits Danny Ward and Peter Henry. Welcome fellows. How's it going? How are you doing lads? How's it going? Nice to see or hear you. Listeners, uh, we may be a prediction show that focuses on all things Premier League and occasionally the Kazakhstani League in Danny's case. We may have a remit to look forward and never backwards, which is quite a good thing actually given the performances of some of our recent bets. But at the end of the day, we are first and foremost a show about football. And how could we not start today with a joyous and beautiful worship at the feet of the mighty Spurs who absolutely demolished the mighty Real Madrid at Wembley. To relive it with us, we're welcoming back as our special guest, James McCarthy. No, not the Everton one, not the Republic of Ireland one, the one and only James McCarthy from the eSpurs football podcast. James, where to bloody start? Oh, I, I, I think speechless is the word to say. Probably not the best thing for a, for a podcaster to be, but <laughs> oh, guys, I've had an absolutely fantastic couple of days. I really have. Like last, last night was absolutely brilliant and I can't wait to tell you all about it. And I, and I, I, I mean, they, they cannot deny that they had it coming because the, the performance in Spain was also excellent, you know, like the last game. Yeah, it was brilliant. You know, the fact that we went all the way out there in such a, a hostile atmosphere and, 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 and got a draw. And, and honestly, I, I saw it coming. Um, I, I, I always tell you guys that we're the best team in the world. And, and I, I think last night we definitely proved it. It was hilarious. I was reading in the paper beforehand uh, yesterday about there was a big section on Del, on Ali and and how he how he's not performing up to scratch and why you know why that is. <laughs> it's just like the pundit's nightmare. Off he goes and does what he did. Oh, only the two goals last night. Yeah. Yeah. Against, exactly. Against Madrid. <laughs> yeah. Danny, what did your Liverpool uh, cap think of the uh, the performance by Tottenham? No, I didn't see it. So, uh, I didn't I see it. Did you know? No, I didn't see it, so um, I can't really say. I was watching Liverpool. There was a bit of me that wanted to to switch over and watch that game. I I had it down as a draw. Um, a mate of mine actually had it down for uh, a Tottenham uh, Tottenham to win and both teams to score. And it, I was trying to talk him out of it, but foolish me, it looked like they were phenomenal. You know, something's not right. I, I don't want to shit all over his uh, piss all over uh, James's chips, but. Um, <laughs> There's something not 100% right at, uh, at Real Madrid at the moment and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see the FIFA manager of the year uh, in Zidane get the chop sooner rather than later. If they had lost that game, I know that they got a little bit of respectability back. That's the first time they've lost a group game in Europe in five years mm-hmm. um, and following on from a, a 2-1 defeat to the mighty Girona's you know, that there's something not right there. I don't know, just looking at, uh, looking at Real Madrid you feel they're miss- they're they're missing something. I don't think Asensio seems to be getting as many starts as he should be. But uh, something's not right. But uh, listen, as I said, I don't want to take away from uh, Tottenham's win. Well, it's something not- there's there's something not right at Chelsea. There's something not right at Liverpool. There's something not right at Manchester United. It's just a game that happens, and Spurs won it. And I'll mop up Danny's piss off your chips there, James. What do you think uh, yourself, Peter? Yeah, I watched it. It was a, it was a really good performance by Spurs, but you could tell, like on BT, Steve McManaman, who's obviously an ex-Real player, and I think he's still kind of involved with the club or whatever. You could tell even after 10, 15 minutes, he was saying, "Look, this is the worst I've ever seen Real Madrid pass yeah. the ball." 
So you got the feeling that it, I think I think they're lacking a bit of experience. Like they let the the likes of James and a couple of other maybe not first teamers, even Pepe, but really experienced players go. And there was a few of the, the, the right back I'd never heard of last night. They had that guy Nacho in there and, and they're bringing on Tio Hernandez. I think letting go some of their really experienced squad players is kind of hurting them a bit. Um, but I do think once it gets to business time, um, quarterfinal stage, I, I, I wouldn't be, you know, they still have their a serious team there, Madrid. But they're eight points behind in the cha- in uh, La Liga as well, so um, it'll be difficult. And again, Spurs are at their best when the other team comes on to them. They've, uh, the amount of times they were two and two on two or three on three breaking, yeah, they look really impressive when they play like that. But so that was the mighty Spurs. We'll be talking a little bit about them later as they play Crystal Palace at the weekend. Uh, let's go straight to the games coming up and the first game of the weekend on Saturday Stoke City versus Leicester City who's going to take this one for us Peter um, yeah not the, not the best game to start off the weekend yeah Stoke got a much needed win last last weekend against Watford which was a coupon buster in my case um, that win saw them move up to 14th on 11 points after this game they have Brighton and Crystal Palace coming up in the next few weeks so I'm sure Mark Hughes will be targeting them a few games as, as a way to pick up a few points and move up the table and keep keep his name out of the, the sack race for a few weeks anyway. They're a strange club at Stoke, really. Like They, mm. they got rid of Pulis because they wanted to play more attractive football, but you know they were so solid at home that seemed to have lost that a little bit now since they tried to change their style. And, I'm kind of, you know, there's always people saying, oh, yeah, but Stoke have five and six Champions League winners in their squad, but... All these people that, all these fellas like the Afalais, Hesse, I think there was Arnautovic in the past before he went to West Ham, none of them were starting players. Yeah, they're subs. They were all just squad members. And yeah. like David May has a fucking Champions League medal, so it doesn't mean that much. Like, get over it. They should get over themselves with all that talk. Leicester, Leicester got Cloud Puel in. He had a cracking start last week against, albeit a, a pretty poor Everton uh, side. And Puel, you know, he's been accused of being born and all, but I think it's a, it's a really uh, solid appointment that, like, don't get me wrong, he is born. He probably has the same level of charisma as a bottle of fucking HB sauce, but he's a solid pair of hands for, like, a mid-level Premier League club, and I, I think he'd do well. He's moved Mares into a kind of more central role now as well, and he's brought Damari Gray into the team, who I think is a, a top young player. So if he gets Mares, Gray and Vardy firing, they'll absolutely fly up the table, I'd say, uh, Leicester. Um, I actually fancy them in this one because Stoke just seemed to me to kind of be that club that are one step forward, two steps back all the time. Um, you can get Leicester at 15-8 to eight to get the win here. And Leicester and over 2.5 goals is 4-1, to one, which I don't think is a bad shout at all. The 2-1 win to Leicester is 10-1. to one. Over 2.5 goals is evens, and I think Danny said last week evens in a Premier League game for over 2.5. And Leicester and Stoke, two teams that are decent going forward, poor at the back. I think that's uh, something to get into your racket there. Over 2.5 in this one. Both teams to score is three to four, and I'm going to put money on Riyad Mahrez, who seems to be really coming back into form again. He's three to one to score any time, which I think is a decent shout. Excellent, well done. From the dizzy uh, heights of what happened on Wednesday night for James McCarthy to Huddersfield Town versus West Bromwich Albion. So, West Brom travelling to Huddersfield is certainly a fixture that we've we've all had in our diaries for months, isn't it, lads? You know, 
Uh, well, not exactly. Um, these are two teams that have just managed 16 goals between them this season. Huddersfield, just seven of those. To put that into context, that's the same amount of goals as Raheem Sterling scored for Man City in, in 500 minutes of football. So, not exactly enthralling. Uh, David Wagner's side's massive win over Manchester United two weeks back is now beginning to look more and more like a freak accident as, as the weeks progress. Um, that first half double from Departure and Moy, you know, they're the only two goals that they've scored in the last six games. That 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 run continued this week, that 3-0 defeat to Liverpool. I, I actually don't think they were that bad against Liverpool. They they managed to hold them off for, for an hour, but then the floodgates opened. Um, I was I was pretty impressed with the with their their, their defence before before it kind of all went to pot. Um, and I don't, but I don't really think that West Brom will offer anything, anything like the the attack that Liverpool will offer. Um, Tony Pulis, his side, their setup against Man City was laughable. I think he didn't just park the bus; he he, he wedged the JCB in, in in between the sticks and and filled the gaps with concrete. Um, you know, they, they went five at the back and and put three defensive midfielders in front of them: Livermore, Krasovic, and. And Gareth Barry, who was their most most creative player, you know, you know something's going wrong when, when when that's happening. Um, the fact that they they managed to steal two goals was was mainly down to to City being pretty poor at the back rather than then them being good going forward. Um, compared to the, the rest of the bottom half, these two have got relatively decent defensive records. This one is actually my pick for the nil nil this weekend. Draw, a draw is, is, is two to one if, if you're feeling that, but if you're feeling ballsy, then the the nil nil scoreline is is eleven to two. Uh, I'm obviously going to go for under two point five goals because these are two teams that are seemingly pretty pretty afraid of the of, of the goalposts. Um, yeah, you know, I, I can't really see it being a being a thriller myself. If, if I had to choose a goal scorer, I'd, I'd choose Aaron Moy uh, at seven to two. Um, but yeah, I don't think this one's going to be too much of a cracker. So sorry, lads. Yeah, Saturday has all of the uh, all of the uh, effects of a Mogadon sandwich and potential with the games that are on. The next one we're going to review with Danny's Newcastle United against Bournemouth. Yeah, this is one to get excited about, all right. <laughs> um, it really is. I, I seem to guess. Uh, a lot of them on Saturday are rubbish. We yeah. have a bit of ah, yeah. it's, it's one of those kind of just go for a little snooze and wake up at half 12 on uh on Sunday, you know, for the proper football, although, although Liverpool are on on Sunday or Saturday evening, so I, I look forward to that myself. Uh, but not as much as I'm really pumped up for the Newcastle Bournemouth game. I just, I just see goals, excitement, bums off seats. Uh, but I do see Newcastle winning um, by hook or by crook. And if you fancy Newcastle, they're ten to eleven. The draw five to two, which is which is a good price in the Premier League. I think usually you, you find it around maybe twelve to five or even. Even twenty-one to ten, so the draw at five to two isn't a bad shout. And if you fancy the cherries on the road, um, you're a fucking idiot. But um, they've only won one game away all season in the league. I think that was early on in the season. They've lost their, they've lost four. Uh, actually, sorry, they'd beaten Stoke in their last away game, two-one. But before that, they had lost. Uh, they'd lost their previous four home game or away games, um, and only scored three goals in five games away from home, uh, conceding eight. Newcastle have been pretty solid at home. On the other hand, they've uh, they've only scored six and conceded four, but they've won three, drawn one, and lost one. So that's not a bad record at all. So, uh, for, so for that reason, I'm going for a, a, a two-nil scoreline. There's a couple of injuries. Uh, Bournemouth have quite a few injuries. Tyrone Mings is still out, and I think they've missed him. They've missed a bit of steel at the back. A few question marks over Joshua King, Ryan Fraser, Brad Smith. 
Stanislas, uh, Junior Stanislas and Ben Akafobi. Not 100% on these. Now, this uh, I use a Premier League injuries and suspensions website for this and it's uh, left me with egg in my face. So you just don't know, but all we can go on is what we're uh, on what we're given. Newcastle are pretty good in the injury front. Paul Dummett is ruled out and Mikel Marino, who's uh, made a very good start to uh, to life on Tyneside, he's out as well. But apart from that, they've a they've a full bill of health. So as I said, I'm I'm going for a two 0 scoreline for uh, for Newcastle just because the home form has been pretty solid and Bournemouth has been uh, pretty dreadful. So if you're going for a two 0 scoreline, that's eight to one. I've gone for both teams not to score. Again, it's a horrible bet to do, but it's the only, it's one of the only bets you're winning uh, at the kickoff. And if you want to sit back and pull your hair out and hope every chance is missed, that's a good it's a good bet. That's even money. Um, I'm going for uh, under 2.5 goals in this as well. I've gone for two nil, but it could be nil all. It could be one nil. It could be one all. But four to five for under 2.5 is a very good price considering that Newcastle only scored six at home in five games and Bournemouth have only scored three away from home. So I think that's the best bet of all of them under 2.5 goals at 4-5. to five. And for a first goal scorer in a game, I think it'll be pretty tight. Maybe a little bit of John Joe Shelby magic. He's 13-1, to one, which I think is a fantastic price because Newcastle don't really set the world alight uh, with their strikers up top. And it's just as likely... He'll dig in with a, with a shot from outside the box or a free kick or maybe even lobbing the keeper from 50 or 60 yards as he's done before. So 13-1 to 1 is a good price. So if you want to stick a fiver on that, by all means, work away. The excitement continues on Saturday with Southampton Burnley. Peter? Yeah, another one to get excited about. Southampton, Southampton really annoy me, actually. You know that? They've loads of tidy players. Brilliant centre midfield in Romeo and Lamina. But they just have no cutting edge at all. They're actually up to 10th position despite only uh, winning one of their last five fixtures, so I'm not really sure how that's happened. They have the most amount of draws in the league so far this season, four. It mightn't sound like the worst start to be in 10th position after 10 games, but they've actually had a really pretty easy start to the season, and a lot of the teams they've drawn with are teams that you'd expect to be fighting relegation, so they should probably have a few more points in the board considering they're kind of an established Premier League club by now. They play City and, and Liverpool in the next few weeks, so I, accept, I actually expect them to struggle this year and start sliding down the table a bit. I've given a couple of season bets the last few weeks, and they're 7-4 to four Southampton to finish in the bottom half. I don't think that's a bad bet at all. Burnley, on the other hand, the Ginger Mourinho, Sean Dyche, they just keep picking up points. Another 1-0 win against Newcastle on Monday Night Football moves them up to 7th on 16 points. Dice is obviously, you know, he, he's the, the hot thing around right now. He's been linked with every uh, managerial job that comes up. And he's been heavily linked with Everton at the moment. My personal opinion on that is I think he'd he'd really flop at a, at a bigger club with higher expectations that want to see a different brand of football um, I've seen him interviewed a few times and he, he seems to be one of these coaches that has a chip on their shoulder that English coaches don't get enough credit and all this kind of carry on um, and all the jobs are going to Johnny Farner and I really think he kind of revels in that underdog role and that's maybe why he has so many Irish lads in the squad because we love that underdog shit you know so um, you know he's in the news a lot this week because Joey Joey Barton has been making a a lot of comments about uh, David Undworth and Sean Dyche likes Joey Barton and he's very close to him so there must be something a bit wrong with him there Like, What was that that happened there? 
Uh, Barton was was slagging off Unsworth, saying he was too fat to be a manager. You wouldn't respect <laughs> him if you had a fat manager. And well, he's, uh, you know, he's not. I kind of agree. Huh? I kind of agree. How can a coach, a football coach, whose job is to run, be so fat? Like Steve Evans as well. Remember Steve Evans, Rotherham manager, Leeds manager, and he couldn't even keep his pants up. Like he'd be no, I know. Yeah, I know, Danny. I, I kind he of was wearing about 14 belts. You have to remember who's saying it. Joey Barton. No, I, un I understand who's saying it. You know, it like, just, can Joey Barton really, like people in glass houses shouldn't be throwing fucking stones? Like, no, I just don't understand a football coach whose job is to be out in the training ground you know, he should have should be able to have a little bit of a level of fitness and not have let himself go like that. And I think if uh, if he doesn't get the job, he's only got himself to look at because he's a fat bastard. Yeah, well, I think he's been he's been bigging himself up a bit too much for the job instead of just putting his head. Yeah, down. That, I think yeah, with big with big Ma with Big Max and fucking uh, that's how he's been bigging himself up. <laughs> no, but I think I, I don't think it's a coincidence. Like Bartman and uh, Dice are very close. And Barton's doing everything he can to put down the lad who's saying he wants the job. I'm sure he knows that, you know, his mate wants it. So, uh, anyway, back to the game, I suppose. And uh, I think this it's 14-5 to 5 for a draw in this one. Um, and I think that's a cracking price because Southampton mm. have the most amount of draws and Burnley will happily take a point away from home every day of the week. So, 14-5 to 5 on the draw there is, uh, is a decent price. I think there'll be no... Uh, There'll be no goal score, which is seven to one. I think it'll be a nil-nil draw, which is only, which is also seven to one. Bet three six five seemed to have them uh, added up. Remember, we had this conversation a few weeks ago, and Danny had a six to one and a seven to one. Over two point five, no chance, as far as I'm concerned. But you can get over one point five at seven to four, just as a bit of a backup bet. Uh, both teams not to score at eighteen to eight to thirteen as well. Might be decent for your actor, but I'd probably stay clear of that to be honest. Excellent, uh, James. A chance for you to piss all over Danny's chips now as West Ham play Liverpool in the late game. Uh, yes, certainly. Um, I think asking a man to predict the result of this game is an impossible task. You're looking at the two most unpredictable teams in the world, <laughs> let alone the Premier League. It's actually a little known fact that, that all Liverpool players, and, and especially Liverpool defenders, actually have identical twins who are awful at football. And every now and again, they kind of just let their twin have a run out and, and they inevitably ship uh, goals and goals and goals. Sometimes they, they play good football and sometimes you know, the real twin returns to the pitch and they return to, to, to winning ways. I think against Spurs two weeks back, the, the doppelgangers were definitely out. Dejan Lovren played like a, a man who'd never seen a football before and and, and if you're a Liverpool fan you're, you're absolutely clapping your hands together at, at the news that there's a good chance that he won't be fit to face West Ham this week he did play against our Lord and Saviour Harry Kane though and suppose, I suppose you, you, you can't you can't really criticise him too much for, for, for being torn apart by him um, fast forward a week Klopp's talent side you know they, they put three past Huddersfield you know, and it's I've talked about Huddersfield already. They were they took a quite a lot of graft to to break down, and you know, but they eventually opened the floodgates, and that's what Liverpool do. You know, they they will eventually break you down. They've got some real class up front, even if their defence is about as much use as a chocolate fire guard. You know, West Ham are pretty similar. Their run of form at the Olympic Stadium's been pretty sketchy. They've they've got a pattern of one lost, one lost, one lost, one across their last six home games so you know you can't really predict how they're going to play there um, if you're a fan of keeping the symmetry then you'd, you'd go for a win 
Um, but you know they're still going to have that that lingering thoughts of, of, of Wilfred Zaha's last minute equaliser at Palace last week, which I'm sure has given them nightmares. I'm backing Liverpool to edge this one. It's a it's a big open pitch, and I think Ogbonna at the back really really struggled for for West Ham against against Palace with the, the pace of Wilfred Zaha and Andros Townsend. So I think Liverpool's attackers might might have a have a bit of fun there. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for Liverpool at uh, seven to ten, which is a nice little Aka booster if you're going to use that. Uh, I'm also going to go with both teams to score though because of Liverpool's sketchy backline. Uh, and so obviously I'm going to go for over, over 2.5 goals at, at 13-2. to two. With West Ham's lack of pace at the back, I'm going to go for, for my goal scorer being Mohamed Salah. That's uh, that's at 5-4. to four. You know, I, I think he's probably going to be able to get in behind and I think he's going to have a bit of joy there. But yeah, I think this one's going to be the, the best the best game of Saturday because, you know, there's, there's not too much going on on Saturday. And uh, these are two teams that, that are entertaining, if, if not good at football sometimes. Danny, it's a game that Liverpool have to win, right? Yeah, it is a game um, that Liverpool have to win. Uh, it's a game I think they will win. I'd just like to say, I wouldn't like to be an Arsenal fan with uh, uh, around uh, Tottenham supporters at the moment. The conf- I've never heard uh, as confident a Tottenham fan in my life. <laughs> it used to always be misery and fucking we're shite and this, that and the other. Serious confidence. But fair play, enjoy your, your, your hour in the sunshine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't see Liverpool having too many problems. But saying that, you can you can never say it. They, I know Liverpool had a horror show against Spurs, but a lot of teams will. And um, Liverpool actually have four clean sheets in the last five games. I'd rather uh, have a horror show one every five games, and rather than letting in a goal every game. So, listen, maybe uh, Lovren being out uh, is a blessing in disguise. Um, not that they're they're bringing in anyone to replace him in Clavin, but. Maybe it's just a chance for to get him out of the limelight. And this little injury, if you can see my inverted commas, I don't really think he's injured. His head might be gone. I think Liverpool will just have a bit too much for uh, for West Ham. West Ham are missing a lot of players at the back. They're experienced players, Fonte, Reid, uh, Collins. So it looks like it's going to be a makeshift back two of Declan Rice and uh, Bonner. So uh, Liverpool should still have enough, although they are missing... They're missing Lalana. They really miss Lalana. It's he's un, very underrated. They're missing most. Uh, they're missing Ma, um, Sadio Mane. They're going to be missing Coutinho. So probably their three most uh, influential players. But I think in in Sturridge, Firmino, and uh, Salah, or maybe even Oxley Chamberlain, they should have enough to beat an aging West Ham who are actually also missing Zabaleta. So they're going to be very light, very light at the back. So I think Liverpool should have enough to uh, to maybe squeak it. I'm going to go for three one. Danny, stick with you for a minute. And uh, the last game, another thriller, Swansea, Brighton and Hove Albion. Yeah. Woo! Uh, yeah, really looking forward to this one. Really looking forward to it. And when I was given them, I was, I was just I was just so excited to find out the stats and you know, how they're both playing. So uh, I know this is, is, uh, is a podcast where people are meant to get excited and we're meant to be professional about that. But uh, I've really struggled with this, I have to be honest. Really struggled. So I'm just going to get I'm just going to get into it. Swansea are five to four at home, which I think is a bad price because I think Swansea have been absolutely shocking at home. In their last five home Premier League games, they've lost two one, two one, one nil, and four nil, and they've had one win, a two nil win. So they've only scored four goals at home, and I think Swansea seem to be a side that are definitely set up more to play away from home 
and that's changed uh, obviously through uh, through their manager they've had some decent results away from home drawn away to Tottenham and that so I think they're a team that's set up and I don't think they're flexible enough to be able to turn it on and off and, and be able to go for go for games and go all out at home after they've gone and, and played ultra defensive away from home so I'm going for on the same as James who had a nil all earlier on I'm going for a nil all here Brighton's away form has been pretty poor as well they've won a one away win which is against uh, West Ham they won that 3-0 but apart from that they've lost 2-0 2-1 lost another 2-0 and they've a nil all draw as well so they've only scored four away from home so if you look at us, Swansea have scored four in their last five at home Brighton have only scored four on the road as well so it looks like it's going to be a pretty tight affair um, I wouldn't be throwing all my eggs into a nil all basket but 21 to 10 for a draw it's a bit on the low side but I think the bookies they're doing that for a reason because they, they don't see much action in us so um, I think I had one in the first uh, the first pod we did the first prediction pod we did um, I had a correct score of uh, 0-0 um, which was 11-2 to uh, or you could have 9-2 to on no goal score unless there's an OG obviously uh, put your eggs in the 11-2 to basket both teams not to score is another, another good price if you want to fill up uh, an accumulator and I don't think this is a game where you'd be too worried saying that you never know but 4-6 to six for both teams not to score and under I've actually gone with under 1.5 goals in this game not under 2.5 that's a it's a massive price of 13 to 8 which means you can have one goal and that's it but I don't see I don't see there being uh, much in it um, I'll just give you a little bit of injury news now just to see who's around um, Swansea are missing a couple of players um, Kyle Bartley and Renato Sanchez are definitely out Boney 75% chance of making it Martin Olsen 50% chance of making it Leon Britton still out and Angel Rangel should make it um, just needs to be assessed and Brighton I think Brighton have been lucky enough with injuries throughout the season Steve Sidwell still out long term I think he'll be another while and same as last week with Sam Baldock and Baron Kayal uh, 50-50 I think they both made the bench last week so we might get to see them in action at the Liberty Stadium yeah, if you're, if you're having a look at this, and the bet I'd take out of this would be um, maybe under two, under one point five goals at thirteen to eight. I just see it being a, a very drab affair, and one I'm glad um, will be over at five o'clock, and we can get on to the, the proper football after that. Excellent. From dull Saturday to Super Sunday, Peter, take us through the first game: Tottenham Hotspur against Crystal Palace. Assuming that will be a Spurs victory but you never know with Palace when they go and play a top six in London yeah I think you do kind of know they'll lose <laughs> yeah but this is the kind of the flip side of uh, being a shit Saturday it's probably the most super super Sunday so far this season I'm looking forward to uh, getting on the couch for that and it would be non-stop six or seven hours of straight football uh, I'm not going to go on and blow any more smoke up James's hole about Spurs' performance last night. Um, I'm just going to say, I think this is actually a massive game for Spurs because when you consider that United are playing Chelsea and Arsenal are playing City, at least two or potentially all of them teams will may drop points this weekend. So Spurs really need to win this because you know they'll either, if you say they're going for the title, they'll make up ground on United or City probably and if you say they're still going just for top four they might pull away from Chelsea or Arsenal so it's a big game for them from that point of view Palace they got a really good point against West Ham last time with Saha's late strike after they were 2-0 down at half time but I still think you know they're five points away from safety and they don't have a, 
a recognised striker still at the moment until Ben Teke comes back and Hodgson will get you organised and difficult to break down but um, I think they're heading for the championship and I think Spurs will uh, will you know they'll be on a high after Real Madrid and they'll uh, they'll turn them over fairly easy Spurs are one to four to win I'm going to throw that into my act at the end of the show as well I think that's a that's pretty much a nap bet. Three nil Spurs is fifteen to two. Both teams to score no is three to four. I'm going over two point five at eight to fifteen. Um, you can get over two point five and both teams not to score at three to one, which I think is an interesting bet. Um, and the one I'll be putting into one of my big bets this weekend is. Harry Kane to score two or more goals is seven to four, which I think is a good price because Harry Kane's a goal scorer through and through, and he'll sit, he'll stand there in front of the TV cameras last night and say, oh, "It's all about the result. I don't care. I didn't score. That's complete bollocks." He'll be raging. He didn't get in the score line last night, and I reckon he'll take that out in Palace this weekend and, and bag at least a brace. Excellent. Thank you very much. We're coming to the two big heavyweights. Uh, heavyweight games of Sunday. Let's start with Chelsea Manchester United. James. Yeah, Chelsea against Man United, or I'm sure as Sky will bill it, it will be the old Mourinho team against yeah. the new Mourinho team. You know, that's I'm pretty sure we're going to see just as much of Jose Mourinho's face as we are any of the players on the on the pitch. It's a, it is a proper Premier League classic, you know. Before Manchester City came around, and you know, for someone my age, I and grew Spurs. Up, as Spurs, first before Spurs came around, so don't forget. For someone my age, you know, this is th- these are the two biggest teams in the Premier League. It was always Man United or Chelsea. You know, uh, I know you guys are obviously a little bit older than me, um, so it might not be the case for you. But for me, it was always Chelsea Man United is, is the fixture that you you look at for for who's going to win the title. Um, United are a team coming into this with a with a pretty frightening record. That defeat to Huddersfield I, I spoke about earlier does really kind of look like a, a minor speed bump on what has been a successful season so far. Their winning at Spurs last weekend was obviously a tough one for me to take. Since then, I've, I've had a, a few a little pick me up, but but you know if I'm being biased, I don't think United really deserved the three points there. I, th- I think it should have been it should have been a, a draw. I think uh, if it weren't for that little lapse in concentration at the end of the game. Um, but United for me they seem to be into that flow of, of winning games ugly you know, we always used to say that Fergus United were brilliant at, at scraping 1-0 wins when they when they were when they really didn't deserve it and you know we say it was the sign of champions when, when they used to do it and now you know the only problem has come when they've played against higher opposition you know namely Spurs and Liverpool but they've taken four, four points from those two games and they've also taken my will to live in, in those two games because of how Absolutely awful. They've they've been so boring to watch, but but you know they're, they're getting results and they're grinding it out. Chelsea, on the other hand, that you know they're probably going to be like a, a stricken animal after that absolute shambles in Rome on Tuesday. It was an absolutely awful defensive display, summed up by what was more like a dance routine from their back three than than actual defensive play. Uh, and Conte will be absolutely fuming at that, and I think he'll. He'll be looking to unleash on uh, on a United side that's likely to to sit back, and I think they're probably going to hold out for the for the point. Um, I do think sitting back is going to be the theme of this one. I think both Conte and Mourinho are going to be they're going to be too afraid to lose this one rather than going hell for leather. I, I'd be backing the draw maybe uh, a two to one, 
either draw or uh, I'd say a score prediction maybe 1-0 Chelsea is 6-1 to one, so I think there's there might be a, a little bit of a, you know there might be something in that Chelsea I think they're just going to have that little bit more quality and uh, I think uh, it'll be both teams to score I'm going to say no I think I don't think United are going to get on the score sheet and if I had to had to pick a um, a goal scorer I fancy uh, Michi Batshuayi from the bench uh, to score just like mm-hmm. he did against Watford um, I think a, a two to one for, for him to come on and, and run at some tired United legs at the end of the game Okay, uh, I have it down as a as a draw. Although this is a bet, with, this is a a game where I think you might be worth holding off to see what happens in the Manchester City game uh, before you do anything. Because I think if City win, United are going to have to probably come at Chelsea a little bit more than they 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 normally would. Danny, what do you think of City Arsenal? I think Man City will win. I don't think I've, I can ever recall seeing Arsenal a bigger price, uh, eleven to two. What? Yeah. Very big price for an Arsenal side that are, we all know Arsenal's kind of, um, we we know they're a little bit hit and miss, uh, and these are the games they usually lose. But I remember a couple of years ago they went to Man City when Man City were flying, and they did they perform they produced a very un-Arsenal like performance, and everyone thought Wenger, yeah, he's seen the light, you know, he went and dug it out, and I, I don't see it happening again, but it's probably worth a tenner. It 11, is definitely eleven definitely. to two for an Arsenal side. Let's not forget when Arsenal when Arsenal click and, and play their stuff, they're still a frightening side to watch. Like the Arsenal can be very very good. They um, tend to play better against bigger opposition as well. Um, that's not true. No, they don't. Um, that's not uh, true. Uh, final etc. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In one-off games maybe, but yeah. uh, over the course of the league now, you'll see you'll find them at propping up the bottom six. Uh, on the head-to-head record, you know that they're usually uh, that's usually where the problems come. They'll beat all the average sides three and four nil. They're, they're very good at that Arsenal. They're as good as anyone at that. But um, mentality-wise, I don't think they they have enough uh, leaders in there to be able to battle it out with the big boys. So um, there's a couple of interesting bets here. I'm actually going to go with um, a result and both teams to score, and I fancy Man City to win. But Arsenal to score a goal. That's seven to five. If you did like Arsenal at eleven to two to just to win, they're fifteen to two uh, to win and both teams to score, which again is a little bit more value because I think we're all pretty sure that Man City over the course of the game will score a goal and Arsenal would need two anyway to win it. So if you're gonna do Arsenal to win, you may as well do the both teams to score as well at fifteen to two. But for me, I'm, I'm going for um, I'm going for Man City to win three one at seventeen to two. First scorer uh, again. It's Man City. It's such a tough one to go with a first scorer. Every week, someone will say Harry Kane. You know, every week they'll say Lukaku. They just have an abundance of riches. You have Sane banging them in. Aguero's just after breaking a record. There's the top scorer for City. Uh, Jesus Sterling scoring more his, his finishing is improving but Leroy Sané scored a cracking goal last week and I tipped at the start of the season I tipped him to be uh, one of the players of the season and he's really stepping up now so uh, he's a cracking player and he's 5-1 to one. and I just think City might play this slightly differently they might let Arsenal have a bit more of the ball than people think I think Peter reckons City will have 70% of the ball with the pace Man City have on the, on, on the counter I wouldn't be surprised even at some stage in the game to see City have to dig in and sit back and I think they're they're more than capable of, of, of hitting Arsenal on the break so um, as I said that's 5-1 to one. in the over-under market I've actually gone with uh, over 3.5 goals Um 
I just I just can't I just can't see this being a tight affair. There's just two managers that don't change their philosophy too often. I know I just said I think Man City might change it a little bit, but that's because of who they're playing and they haven't come up against a team that keep the ball as well as Arsenal yet. So I think there'll be plenty of goals in the game and if you want to go over three point five, it's eleven to ten. If you have a look at the last five in form, uh, Man City's uh, Man City have won their last five at home. Oh, sorry, they've won four and drawn one. They drew at Everton. But the, the really impressive stat is in the last five, they scored 21 and conceded three. Jakers. Uh, yeah, Jakers is right. So that's why I've gone a little bit higher than I usually would in the over 3.5. Arsenal's away form, they have scored six uh, and conceded nine. But they've only only scored in two of their five away games, and five five of those were against uh, a very very poor Everton side. So uh, I I do fancy Arsenal to nick when I, I fancy Arsenal to nick when all the t- all the time. So if you do fancy both teams to score, it's a paltry one to two, but it's a nice one to add to your racket. So uh, paltry, not paltry. Yeah, sorry, paltry. Yeah, very, yeah. <laughs> that's how we say it in the north side, right? Yeah, don't be, um, a, chicken. Yeah. Don't be a chicken. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I fancy a one to two, but I fancy Man City all day long. But in saying all of that, I'm going to contradict myself. If you have a spare tenner and you fancy just enjoying the game on your couch or in the boozer, get on Arsenal at fifteen to two to win, for winning both teams to score and. With Arsenal, you never know. You, you could always be in it, or you could be tanked six-one. Well, I'm just looking at bet three six five. Arsenal are now out to thirteen to two to win the game. So I, I really well, like, I really like a little small slush on that. Yeah, so yeah I agree with you. Arsenal are a good side. Let's not, let's not think about. Finally, who's going to get to eat all the pies at Goodison Park? Everton, Watford, Peter. Yeah, just before I go ahead at this one, I just want yeah. to bring something up about a really good odds this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think in the. Chelsea Man United game. Right. Uh, I reckon the atmosphere is going to be toxic at that. Sendings off. Well, Mourinho, yeah, sendings off. Sending off is three to one. They don't. The fans don't like Mourinho. The players don't like Mourinho. And yeah. Hazard and them boys are going to be up for it. He's probably going to try and man Mark Hazard. Um, I think it's going to be toxic. And three to one for sending off in that game is. Uh, is a quality bet and I also think that Mourinho knows that if Chelsea don't win this they're out of the league title and I'd say he'd take dropping two points just to take them out he's that vindictive anyway on to, on to Everton and uh, Watford yeah Everton as far as I'm concerned are up shit creek without a paddle really poor defensively it's like Dad's army with Ashley Williams and uh, and Phil Jagielka back there and they just don't look like scoring goals at all so I think they're going to really struggle between now and January because they have a few pounds now at the club. They can go out and sign a striker. But I, I expect them to be definitely in and around the bottom three come January. It'll be really interesting to see who they, they appoint now as their new manager. I saw during the week that Paul Morrison said that they should give it to Unsworth. Um, so I think that's probably... 100% proof that that's the wrong thing <laughs> Marco Silva's Watford well we all bigged them up over the last few week- weeks and uh, yeah they rightly fucked me over la- last weekend losing to Stoke so the Portuguese manager he's done well and I really actually fancied him to win this game they've played six games away in the Premier League so far Watford they've won three drawn two and lost one and the only one they lost was away to Chelsea um, that early Saturday game, which I think anyone that saw the game 
would probably say that they deserve to win it. So I'm re- I'm going to go for more more misery uh, to heat, um on Everton and Watford are five to two, which I think is a good price. You can also get Watford and over two point five goals at uh, at four to one, which I think is very good. Uh, Watford to win the game two one is twelve to one. Both teams to score is four to five, and over two point five again is evens, which is a very good price, I think. I'm going to stick with Rickarlson to score any time because I just love that lad, and he's five to two to score any time. Excellent. Well, that is our primary pundits' uh, predictions for the coming weekend. As those of you who are regular listeners to the show know that we have a special guest who calls in all the way from Tala. She's a single mother of two children who has about as much interest in football as somebody who has absolutely no interest in football. Her name is the Don. Welcome, the Don, again. Good afternoon, Johnny. Talk to Don. You didn't do so well last week. No, no, didn't, no. Yeah, that's not surprising. You're supposed to be here to sort of put us to shame, but in fairness, it's it's working the other way around. Let's work work through that your predictions for this week. Uh, Stoke against Leicester is the first game. Yeah, so I came up with a new little game because I was running out of uh, life-changing new facts about the football clubs. So um, I I predicted three two to Leicester or three two to Stoke City because the best-looking lad on the Leicester squad would have to be an Austrian defender by the name of Christian Fox, which is a dreadful name. Um, now the chap is only thirty-one, so obviously he's, does nothing for me. Far too young for me, but I'd say his dad's an absolute ride. Anyway, the number <laughs> the number thing in his little costume is twenty-eight. So bear with me. The best-looking lad on the other squad is Lee Grant, and the number on his little outfit is 33. So that's 33 for Stoke, 28 for Leicester. And if you knock off the end, that's 3-2 to Stoke City. Genius. You heard it here first, a new system for betting. Huddersfield against West Bromwich Albion. 1-1. Well, Huddersfield were, were slashed by Liverpool last weekend, so I want to say they're probably shite. And the West Brom manager is Tony Pulis, um, and we've established that he's a prick. So you can understand my dilemma. So... Basically, I rolled a dice for that. Um, literally robbed the dice out of my kids' snakes and ladders game. So that's where I got the 1-1. On to Newcastle-Bournemouth. Yeah, so I predicted 2-1 to Bournemouth because Bournemouth are the boring bastards who make me want to stick my head in an oven every time I hear the club name. And they're the bottom of the table. Newcastle are mid-table, so they're a better bet. However, Mike Ashley owns, Ashley owns a club. And I'm always willing to lose as much as I have to if it means not lending my support to a chauvinist prick with no respect for women. And so for that reason, I will have Bournemouth back on this one even if I pay for it, just because I kind of feel like it's the right thing to do, do you know? Mike Ashley is uh, has a vendetta, which I'm not sure he knows about yet, from the Don in Dublin, be afraid. Southampton-Burnley. Yeah, 2-0 to Southampton. So I actually forgot to do this one altogether until I was mailing you. So I literally plucked a number out of thin air because Emmerdale Farm is coming on, and I'm fucked if I'm missing that to Google these pricks. So I just went for 2-0 on a whim. Not a, not a bad guess, not a bad guess. Uh, Swansea against Brighton. Yeah, well, I know the Swansea are a bit shit. And moreover, Swansea let me down against Arsenal last week. So I just feel they're weak and I wouldn't place my trust in them again. Brighton seemed mid-range, but a bunch of mad bastards. And when I did my little Google photo search, I came across a Brighton striker, a lad called Glenn. And he looks mashed off his bicky. Like, he looks like he's about to start lying down on the pitch and start petting the grass because it feels really nice. So anyway, I wouldn't foresee a very fast-moving game. And so I'd kind of say (laughs) 2-1 to Brighton. Uh, Peter, you have a view on Swansea being shit as well after all your research last week. Yeah, no, that there's not really much. I did a lot of research, and the basic conclusion is that they're shit. <laughs> there's really not too... There's nothing complicated. They're just shit. 
<laughs> Moving on, West Ham against Liverpool. Your favourite team, your brother's team, Liverpool. How are they? Are they going to win? Well, I'm hoping for a draw here, to be honest, because I can't see West Ham beating Liverpool. Although Liverpool are temperamental as fuck, so you never know. But I suppose my thoughts on this would be: there's no West Ham fans in Dublin, really, but there's loads of Liverpool fans, and the match is on half five on a Saturday. Now, what this in fact means for me is that every dickhead in a Liverpool jersey with a prematurely receding hairline. We'll be out clogging up all the drinking establishments, telling you'll never walk alone on the taxi rank. So ideally, I don't want them having too much to celebrate or to drown their miseries over, because what I want is a nice boring draw so they head straight for the kebab shop after and piss off out of my sight by 8pm. <laughs> Spurs against Crystal Palace. I went for a 3-1 to Spurs because... Now, I still love my Coffin Dodger, which is the Crystal Palace manager, and I still have all the feels for him, but I kind of feel like asking him to win this is going to put too much pressure on him and put a strain in his little heart. So... No worries, chicken. Just get the lads to score one. Just one. I'll be happy with you. <laughs> On to Manchester City against Arsenal. So Man City, as far as I can tell, seem to be slaughtering everyone, so they'll probably win. But even if they weren't, I fucking hate Arsenal supporters. So if Furhouse Mount Carmel under-12s were playing them, I'd still fucking bet against them on principle. And the other big game of the weekend, Chelsea-Man United. Yeah, so apparently Jose likes to park the bus, which I, le- I learned what that meant. Um, probably because he doesn't want to make an absolute dick out of, out of himself because uh, Chelsea I believe gave him the flick like an energy a door-to-door salesman so I'd say it'd probably be a draw and finally Everton against Watford yeah so it's been an absolute shit show of a season for Everton hasn't it it has um, they still have their babysitter um, whereas Watford prance about the pitch like 13 year old boys listening to their mouths Barbara Streisand tape Tried on her to let us while she's gone to crazy prices for the messages. And I really love that flamboyancy. So, Watford, douze point. And by that, of course, I mean two, because I'm not fucking thick. <laughs> Excellent. Tom, Peter wanted to add anything to those selections? No, I think you, I think you might. Um, you're doing okay in the prediction. Te- you're getting a lot of results right um, in our predictions league. You just need, I think, this week hit the money with a couple of scores and you'll probably start flying up the league but a lot of the time you are getting games right that all the rest of us you know think will go one way and, and you seem to be pulling rabbits out of the hats there so that's really embarrassing for you huh? <laughs> that's yeah, really yeah. embarrassing like, for you're, you you're still last like so don't get ahead of <laughs> I will love um, being on top doesn't yeah. mean you're good at it Peter does it no well you know you know once I'm happy that's all that matters Don, thank you so much for calling in as ever. We will hear from you next week. And uh, yeah. as ever, we will also go, for those of you who are listening in, on a review of the table and how we're all doing next week. Peter will will be joining us. We'll have that information for us then. Take care of yourself, Don. Have a good weekend. Will do. Bye. Okay, well, that's all of our predictions done for another week. And we're now going to come to the business end of the podcast where we pick our bets for the weekend, our naps and our bets across the board. Let's start with you, Danny, and let us know what you think are the be- is, is the best little acker to put on this weekend. Yeah, um, I've had no luck. I've had no luck with my three uh, my three uh, little boat to scores and over 2.5 trebles. So I am just going for a straight acker. I'm going for an over 2.5 goals acker. There's a reason for it. I just... Uh, I was struggling in, in the Kazakhstani league and 
you know, League Ones and League Twos and all that sort of stuff. So I'm just going to t- for top flight football. Uh, there's a bit of a mix around Europe. I have a couple of Spanish teams, a German team, and three Dutch teams. So I will tell you who I've gone with. Uh, the record for uh, in their last ten games for over two point five goals. Um, I've gone with Barcelona. Uh, they're two to nine. Barcelona have played ten and uh, in the league, uh, played ten games, and in all games they've been over two point five. Uh, same at Real Sociedad, played 10, and every time they've played, uh, there's been over 2.5. Great price, they're 8 to 11. Bayer Leverkusen, uh, played 10, over and uh, 10 out of 10, 4 to 7. Ajax, 10 out of 10, 1 to 3. Vitesse Arnhem in the Dutch League, uh, played 10, 10 out of 10, 4 to 7. And Heracles in the Dutch League, uh, played 10, 10 out of 10. So basically, what I'm saying is, this is a guaranteed foolproof can't lose put me neck on the chopping board can't lose 20 quid a cube pays 208 euro and 53 pence start spending it it can't lose they've all got 100% records and if it does I don't know <laughs> it's around it's around this time we have a very long may or may not happen this may or may or not happen anyone who loses yeah. money is not responsible for the PS4 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> anyway um, pretty much Robert please gamble responsibly yeah Robert from your granny if please, you have please, to. please gamble please gamble responsibly and ignore Danny Ward over to Peter what have you got for us yeah I've been struggling as well lately a bit like Danny so I'm just going to stick with the whole form is temporary class is permanent kind of thing uh, there's no League 1 and League 2 normally one of my favourite hunting grounds at the moment so um, they're all, it's FA Cup first or second round this weekend so I'm going to break away from just sticking with Saturday games and I'm going to go for Wolves are the first bet in Mayaka they're in first place in the championship and they play uh, Vullum who are in 16th and who are really struggling manager is about to be sacked there uh, Wolves are 17 to 20 at home, which I think is a good price. I'm going to go with Spurs then as well. Don't need to say much. They're playing Crystal Palace. They're one to four, um, and then I'm going to go with Gillingham to beat uh, Leighton Orient in the FA Cup. Gillingham fucked me over last week. They were last uh, bottom of League One, and they beat Rotherham, who are in the playoff positions uh, away from home. They're eight. They're still near the bottom of League One, but they're playing Leighton Orient, who are in 19th place in the conference, and that they're giving evens the bookies from that. So I think that's a serious mi- mismatch there. Um, and then my last bet is I'm gonna play. I'm gonna go for Monaco in the French league, who, um, despite selling a lot of their, their uh, better players, are still in second place in the French league. And they play mid-table Wingwamp, I think it's called. I don't really, really don't know how to pronounce that in the in the French league. So I'm going to go for that. That's four to nine. Put them all together, and you get six to one, which I think is a decent price this week. Excellent. Over to my draw, Trixie. As usual, I try and sniff out draws in the Premier League, and I have three for us this weekend: Southampton against Burnley to draw. Swansea against Brighton to draw and Chelsea against Manchester United to draw and if you want to put a, uh, another little small Trixie on the correct scores I'll go one all Southampton Burnley one all Swansea Brighton and nil nil Chelsea Manchester United okay so on to guest goal score treble James well I'm, I'm going for, for form just like you guys say um, the first guy I'm backing uh, he scored three goals last week 
Um, two of them I, I really want to forget about. Uh, this man is Andre Ayew. Um, he, he, I don't think he'll be on the winning side at the Olympic Stadium. I think he he will his West Ham side will lose against Liverpool. But I, I'm kind of I'm backing him to to get in behind using that pace, and, and he's playing with with massive confidence. You saw that goal that he scored against Crystal Palace it was an absolute screamer, and, and and he must be playing with confidence to. To, to, to even attempt a shot like that, to let alone score it. So he's my first man. Next up is a, is a man who scored in each of his last three games. He's actually scored six in his last seven games in the Premier League. And that's Leroy Sané to score against Arsenal. Um, you know, the easy one would, would be to pick Aguero or Gabriel Jesus to score against Arsenal. But this guy is also playing with absolute supreme confidence. He scored an absolute belter against West Brom uh, last weekend. And, uh, and I think he's another one who, who will definitely find the net if if Man City play the the kind of attacking football that they that they've been playing so well this season. Um, and I think you guys are kind of you know what's going to come next, don't you? You know who my uh, my third man is. It's hardly the most predictable one, um, and that man is is obviously our Lord and Savior Harry Kane. He, he he's absolutely certain to bang against. Crystal Palace you mentioned earlier how, how fuming he's going to be that he didn't score against Real Madrid and he's really going to want to get on the score sheet here I, I love I love the 7-4 the bet that he's going to grab a brace as well he hasn't scored a single goal in the Premier League for an awful long time he, he's only bagged braces and so I think that's a great bet anyway but part of uh, my treble goal scorer Ake is 13-1 uh, is for, for those three to score which is a, a pretty big price if you ask me Excellent. Thank you, James. We come to the final bet, our Nap Yankee for the Bobby Robson Foundation, who do great work for charity. We still haven't managed to give them any cash from for PS Football, but that's all about to change as we go to each of our pundits for their Nap of the Week, which will go into a Yankee, all proceeds of which will go to that charity. Danny, who's had to leave us, unsurprisingly, has given his Nap of the Week as Liverpool to beat West Ham. My Nap of the Week is Chelsea to draw with United. Peter, what's yours? I, as I said, I fancy Watford uh, five to two just for a straight win. I think is a good price, so I'll be having Watford in there. Thank you very much. And James, your nap of the week to make the fourth in our Yankee. Uh, I'm going to go for Spurs. It's probably pretty predictable that I was going to go for Spurs. Sorry guys, <laughs> but I'm on an absolute high at the moment because of last night, and I just think I think it's going to be the same at, at the club. I think uh, we're an absolute given to to win this one. Excellent. Thank you very much. Let's hope that we bring some returns to Bobby Robson's charity and to any of you who are following our tips and to ourselves because we all tend to follow them ourselves. That just about wraps her up for another week, folks. Thanks to special guest James McCarthy. Be sure to go check out his wonderful website, jamesmccarthylive.com, especially if you're a fan of Spurs, I would suggest, this weekend. All the tips and predictions and a whole host of other great stuff can be found on our own website, psfootball.net. All the games we reviewed today will be post-mortemed on our regular PS Football podcast, which comes out next Wednesday. Thanks to producer Sam for all the knob twirling, to Danny and Peter for twirling their knobs as ever, to the Don for making us all sound like knobs, and thank you from this knob here, Shawnee B. Check out my own podcast, A Pint with Shawnee P, next time you want a podcast version away from the football. Have a cracking weekend's football. Whoever your team is, look after each other, and we'll see you all after the international break for the next round of Premier League games. <laughs>